0: Hello, my Rebels. Today I have one of the most exciting shows we've had in a while. And I know I think every show is exciting, but this one, boy. Well, first of all, we got Kian Bextie who went up to the Wet'suwet'en First Nation. That's a good interview. I think he's right on location. I think you'll learn something from it. But boy, oh boy, my monologue today, it's about Justin Trudeau's election commissioners demanding my secret book notes. Four times they've demanded it. Today I finally... Replied, and I'll tell you and I'll show you what I gave them. Actually, if you're listening to the podcast, I guess you'll only hear it. I want you to see it too, because I gave them a document that speaks for itself, as they say. Please become a premium subscriber. Go to rebelnews.com and it's eight bucks a month. You can sign up as a premium subscriber. We call it Rebel News Plus, and you get the video version of these podcasts. And today, I gotta tell you, you have to see what I sent them with your eyes. You'll understand why in a moment. Okay, here's today's podcast. Tonight, Justin Trudeau's elections police say, My time is up. I have to give them my secret documents today. I'll show you what I sent them. It's March 3rd, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why i it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Hello, my friends. As you know, we've been battling against various censors, and the most brutal censor in Canada these days is Justin Trudeau and his cabinet. As you know, Stephen Gilbeau, his heritage minister, who, by the way, is a convicted criminal and an environmental extremist, Stephen Gilbeau intends to license... Journalists, We've shown you that footage before. Trudeau banned us from his election debates in October. We had to go to federal court and one. Well, as you know, his latest attack on us comes in the form of censoring my book about him, The Libranos. And for the last two months, we've been fighting against an outrageous investigation of The Libranos by the election police the commissioner of Elections Canada, who says it's an illegal campaign activity. Well, today I finally relented. And after being demanded four times by the election commissioner for our internal notes and memos on the book, well, I finally sent them something. Here is a video that I released to the world. This isn't just behind the paywall today. I want as many Canadians as possible to see it, so we've uploaded this to YouTube, and I hope you'll understand why. Take a look at this video, and then after that, join me for a conversation with Kian Bexty, who went up to Wet'suwet'en First Nations. Take a look. A few weeks ago, I released a hidden camera video that I secretly recorded of two cops interrogating me. Because I wrote a book that criticized their boss, Justin Trudeau. It was nuts. These were 30-year veterans of the Mounties, now working for Elections Canada, asking me weird questions like, "Why did I hire people at our news company who didn't like Trudeau?" All
1: right. So moving forward, the so for the book, you seek volunteers that,
0: and without going back to the tape to get the exact quote. That wanted to have had a certain view on Trudeau and Gerald Butts and uh, believed in free speech, and that were embarrassed by the Prime Minister Trudeau in blackface.
1: And you saw that specific type of person. Is that correct?
0: If you haven't seen the whole video yet, it's at SaveRebelNews.com, along with the letter I received from the Elections Commissioner back in December that started this investigation. Anyways, I guess that hidden video was so shocking to Canadians because more than half a million people watched it. I thought for sure after we broadcast that that Trudeau would be too embarrassed to continue. I mean, who ever heard of police? Calling in book authors for questioning in a small windowless room in a high-security government office like we were in China or something. Who would do that? There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China um, because their you know, basic dictatorship... Oh, right. <laughs> Trudeau would do that. I guess this is going to turn out badly. Well, after that interrogation, my free speech lawyers fired off a scorching letter to Elections Canada demanding that they drop the investigation and listing the legal reasons why. You can read their letter at SaveRebelNews.com also. My lawyers made a bunch of good points, ranging from the obvious, publishing a book during an election is not a crime, to pointing out sloppy police work, the two cops failed to read me my constitutional rights before interrogating me. In the States, that's called Miranda rights. In Canada, it's called a charter caution. They just didn't do that. There were other irregularities, too. The cops refused to show me the complaint or tell me who complained or even tell me what was in the complaint. So you won't tell me who the complaint is? The complainant is, that's a secret? Yeah, no, no, not at this point. They just wouldn't tell me at all about the complaint, but for some reason... They had no problem telling pro-Trudeau reporters about the complaint. That's so weird. Now, I showed you most of the interrogation video that I filmed that day, but not all of it. In fact, I don't think I showed you the worst part of it. I've got three more clips I'll show you today, and then I'll show you a new letter that I received from these cops just yesterday, and I'll show you my reply that I sent today. I promise you will want to stick around for that. So just to refresh your memory, these cops refused to show me the complaint against me. They refused to tell me who complained. But this isn't my first run in with Trudeau's bullies. You might remember back in October, Trudeau's hand-picked elections debate commission banned our rebel news journalists from attending the leaders' debates. Just banned us. So we immediately appealed to the federal court of Canada, and we won. We asked for what's called a judicial review, and we won an emergency injunction. A judicial review is just what it sounds like, a real judge in a real court looking over these insane decisions, reviewing them, crazy decisions made by Trudeau's hand-picked flunky. So when I was being interrogated by these elections cops about my book, I told them that I was going to appeal whatever they did to a real judge in a real court. So it was important that they keep all their records, all their notes, and not shred them or anything. And I asked them to make me a promise that they wouldn't destroy the copy of the secret complaint they had, because surely the judge would want to see that. So I asked them to undertake to disclose that key document, the complaint, when I take them to a real court. And they simply refused. Do you always hide the complaint from people you're investigating? (laughs) <laughs> oh, my God.
1: We don't hide the complaints. The complaints are what initiates the investigation to determine if the facts are actually what they are, and then the commissioner can make a decision in the end if, in fact, the act was breached or not.
0: Do you ever show the complaint to people you're investigating? If there's a disclosure, go to court. These documents will be part of the disclosure package. So you're saying right now that when this goes to court, the complaint will form part of the record that you disclose? Are you committing to that now? Are you undertaking that? In
1: those cases that there actually is required disclosure.
0: Well, hey, 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 Tim, look at you now correcting your buddy. Let's have it the second time now, eh? So, That's
1: exactly what I said.
0: Paul, I want an undertaking from you right now. When we appeal this to judicial review, Will you or will you not release the complaint?
1: We're far from being at that stage right now. We're collecting facts.
0: (sighs) How can I answer something that's perhaps in the- No, I can guarantee you, as long as I live and breathe, I will appeal anything from your office to judicial review. And so I'm asking you to undertake right now to disclose any complaints and I said, no. Tim's in chicken's head, no. no! Well, no, because he has no authority <laughs> to give that. He has no authority. Okay, do you, that. Tim? No, I don't carry the authority for that. So yeah. you're saying the not You're saying you will not undertake, even when this thing goes to court. You're not going to give us the complaint. What country do you think you're living in? What? I can guarantee you that if these Trudeau book cops think they can ban my book, I will take them to court. I mean, surely they know that about me by now. And yet they wouldn't agree to preserve the key document. They say they couldn't agree to that. I think we need to go to court, don't you? I think these cops need to be reminded by a real judge just what country they're in. Hey, let me show you another weird moment on video. It was near the end of the interrogation. And I asked them if they had a copy of my book. You know, the one they're investigating, the one they claim is illegal, the one they're asking me about. And they said, no, they didn't have it. They hadn't read it. They're investigating a book. They say it's an illegal book and our promotion of that book is illegal. But they've never actually even read it. Do you guys have copies of the book? Do you want me to autograph them?
1: No.
0: You no, know you don't have a copy. You no, know you don't want an autograph. Well, we don't
1: have a book.
0: You don't have the book? You do know have the book? That thing's a bestseller. I went to number two on Amazon.ca. Do you want a copy of the book? No, thanks. How about you, Paul? No, thanks. You don't know want a copy of the book? I tell you, it's sold more than the other 23 books combined about Trudeau. You should read it. No, you guys aren't readers. You're more book burners, I guess. What on earth is that tomfoolery? That's weird. And the refusal to agree that they disclose the complaint to us when we appeal to a court is weird? A judge is going to put these guys in their place for this. So we were nearing the end of the interrogation, and I was trying to figure out what what's going to happen next. I wasn't particularly cooperative with them. Remember, I had asked these two cops what documents of mine they wanted they wouldn't give me their document the complaint I said what do you want from me it was sort of absurd they wouldn't tell me what they wanted from me but they wanted it anyways remember this what documents if any do you want from me at this point I'm not sure we need to have a conversation to understand uh, what your point of view was on on the actual signs and and determine uh, when they were actually uh, produced and to what, uh, to what means. And from there, we'll see later, if, if you have any documentation that you want to provide us, we'll be more than happy to, to accept whatever you want to provide. That's pretty weird, eh? So at the end of my interrogation, I asked these cops to make me a promise, an undertaking, as it's called. And I offered to make them an undertaking in return. I said, if they decide to get any documents from me, they should just ask me or my lawyers. Don't raid our rebel news offices like we're some Hells Angels clubhouse or something. I follow the law. If I don't like the law, I'll go to court to challenge it. But I'm not going to flee to Mexico with my secret book notes about Trudeau or something. Canada's not that bad yet. I'll stay and fight. So I said, hey, guys, can we agree that if you decide you want any particular documents from me, just ask. Don't smash down our doors. Don't raid our office, SWAT team style, like I'm a terrorist. And here's what they said: If you do choose to subpoena things, um, just reach out to me with an email, and um, and we'll, I'll connect you to my free speech lawyers right away. So no need to no need to serve me. Like I'll accept service. I'll just flip it to my lawyer, and he'll accept service right away. Um, to speed that process up because if that if that happens I want to get rolling super fast guys.
1: And any communication will be done by the lead investigator.
0: Okay and who's that? Milene No
1: on the Oh the...
0: Louise? Louise. Louise Panetone. I keep thinking Peloton when I look at her name. Alright, so if she um, if she has anything to say she'll send me an email is so what are saying? That's correct. Okay. Um so if she does but please pass on to her that if there's any subpoenas or, or orders like that, just put them to me in my email and I'll cause I want my lawyers to respond to that. So no search and destroy raids, no SWAT style um, bust down the door raids, Phyllis. Do we have an agreement on that? You're not going to be elected. I'm saying if you need something from me, if you need documents. We need
1: something to you, we're going to reach out
0: to you. So, email. Okay, so you're undertaking right now that you will not raid rebel offices without notice to me in advance. Are you undertaking that now?
1: As I said before, we can't undertake. You cannot, you're, the,
0: you're the investigator, Tim, and you're saying you will not undertake to me that if you want a document, you'll email me instead of breaking down the door with with a warrant. Is that, you will not give me that undertaking here, Tim? I don't think anyone's gonna break down the door. I didn't ask you if you thought they would, I asked you to undertake not to. You won't (laughs) undertake not to raid the offices of Rebel News. Do you you know what country you're in, Paul? You call in an author, He says, if you want a document, send me an email and we'll send it to the lawyers. Don't do a raid on my offices and you won't give me that undertaking. You guys need an attitude readjustment from the highest court in the land. And I swear, as God is my witness, you will get one. They wouldn't make me that promise. They said they didn't think they would raid our offices, but they wouldn't rule it out. They wouldn't promise it wouldn't happen. Now, what are the odds of them doing a SWAT team raid on our office? I mean, they're not that crazy, are they? And you heard that one cop. He didn't think it would happen, but he refused to rule it out. So maybe I was just being a bit paranoid. (laughs) Then again, I would never have thought that a book author would be interrogated for an hour about his book. So maybe it's not that paranoid to ask them not to smash into my office and scare all our staff. And like I said, I had my lawyers send them a stern letter a few weeks ago. So I sort of thought we were done this whole thing, that they had given up this whole insane investigation of me. I thought they're done. I thought they're not even going to proceed against me. They would just go away quietly. And the idea that they would do some sort of raid on our office for documents, come on, that's just nuts. All my worries about this were being overblown, exaggerated. No way they're going to keep on going. No way they'd ever consider a raid. But then my lawyers got this email from them just yesterday morning about my documents. Considering we have not received any documents from your client, we understand that your client does not intend on submitting documents to the Office of the Commissioner of Canada Elections. Should this not be the case, please advise as soon as possible. Regards, Louise Panetton. As soon as possible, she says. Right after I released my first video, they sent my lawyers a letter asking for my documents by the end of February. We ignored it, thinking they were going to go away. But their deadline arrived. The end of February was over the weekend, you'll recall. So first thing Monday morning, they sent a terse email demanding to know if I was going to hand over documents or not. Right now, as soon as possible, she said. Or or else. Or or else what? Okay. Um, so if she does, but please pass on to her that if there's any subpoenas or, or orders like that, just flip them to me and my email because I want my lawyers to respond to that. So no search-and-destroy rates, no SWAT-style um, bust-down-the-door raids, fellas. Do we have an agreement on that? I, I think they're serious. I think they're crazy, but I think they're serious. If I don't hand over all my author's notes, all my editorial research on Trudeau, all of my plans for the book, they specifically ask for my book plans, I think they're going to prosecute me. I think they might subpoena my editorial notes, but the sound of that letter, as soon as possible, sounds like they're out of patience. I worried about this. That's why I asked them not to raid our offices. I asked them to promise just to email me or my lawyers about it or serve us a subpoena that we would fight in court, but don't raid us, please. But they wouldn't make that promise. So I'm between a rock and a hard place now. Either I hand over our internal, private notes from my book violating my freedoms and my privacy as a Canadian, or they attack me at best through the courts, and at worst, through a raid on our physical offices, maybe even on my home. Part of me thinks I should be scared, but part of me thinks this whole thing is a stupid joke. I mean, we're still in Canada, right? This, this must be a joke, right? So after thinking about it, I asked our lawyers to respond to the cops for me just one more time. I asked my lawyers to buy me a little bit of time, buy me one more day. I told my lawyers that I had decided that, in fact, I would be giving them a key private document to Trudeau's election investigators. Just one page, our editorial strategy document that reveals everything. And so I did. I sent our key document to Trudeau's cops today by email, five minutes before publishing this video, in fact. It was illegal for them to ask, why should I have to participate in their kangaroo court? Why should I have to tell Trudeau's cops my plans for my book, give them my notes? But if I didn't, they might literally break down our door. So here's what I sent them. I sent this to them. I swear (laughs) I did. I swear I did. It's a joke just like Trudeau's a joke, just like Trudeau's Debates Commission is a joke, just like Trudeau's election cops are a joke, just like Trudeau's respect for the Charter of Rights and Freedoms is a joke, and just like Canada's so-called civil liberty groups are a joke, not one of them fights for free speech anymore, at least not for conservatives like me, so this is it. This is my top secret plan for my book. It's a cartoon, so Trudeau can understand it, the moron. The guy wearing the marijuana shirt with the cool hair, that's Trudeau. See the strategy document up close for yourself at SaveRebelNews.com if you want. There's me with my book and there's our lawn signs. There's our master plan. But it's top secret. Don't tell anyone. What? What? Did you actually think I was going to hand over my editorial notes to these clowns and bullies? I would go to jail first. And you know what? Maybe I'll have to. But not without the fight of my life first. It's about to get real now. As soon as possible, they said. Now we've taken some steps here at Rebel News to protect our assets from illegal raids. I am ready to fight. I think I'm going to need your help on this one. I think it's time to hand the big fight over to the lawyers a little more seriously than the cartoon. I'm using the same two young lawyers who crushed Trudeau at that federal court last October when the debate commission tried to censor us. Aaron and David, you've met them before. Trudeau sent five government lawyers against them, burnt up 131 grand in taxpayers' money, and it still wasn't even close. Our guys crushed them. David and Aaron are handling this file now, too. So I think we're going to win, except this time we're up against a much bigger monster, bigger budget and a deeper anger. I'm not sure if I told you this, but last year, my book, The Libranos, it reached number two on the Amazon.ca list, bestsellers, but then it faded a bit. But after I broadcast my hidden camera video of their interrogation of me, that book finally shot up to number one, the number one best-selling book in Canada. Crooked Trudeau tried to silence me. He actually got more people to read the book than ever. That's why Trudeau has five investigators on this case that we know about. There are probably more, but you know what? We're going to win and we're going to uproot and overturn this unconstitutional law in the process. I just need your help to cover my legal bills. Please go to SaveRebelNews.com. Look, this is heavy stuff. Free speech is in jeopardy. Police are bullying authors. There are illegal searches and seizures in the wind. The rest of the media party is staying silent. They've all been paid off by Trudeau's media bailout. So it's up to us now. Help me do this serious work and then have a laugh with me. Have a laugh with me. (laughs) Because if we don't have the right to laugh... What's left? We still do have that right. You can download a free copy of my top secret one page strategy document right there on the page at SaveRebelNews.com. I think it's pretty funny. And you gotta laugh. My friends, now let's go and fight and win.
1: My name's Keen. I'm with Rebel News, we're doing a story on your negotiations with Carolyn Bennett. Uh, Could you tell me who is paying you to do these negotiations? Could you tell me who, how you managed to steal a matriarchal name, Chief Woos, how'd you steal that name? It was a year ago today, how'd you steal it?
0: Fair questions, questions not asked by a single member of the media party over the last week as Justin Trudeau's cabinet minister has negotiated with that man there. Chief Woos isn't his name. His name is Frank Alec. He's an Indian industry lifer, and by that I mean the industry that springs up around constant negotiations, hassles, conferences, where billions of dollars of money gets funneled towards consultants rather than actually helping aboriginal people. That's Frank Alec, but he calls himself Chief Woos and the media party in a burst of political correctness, repeats that name. Carolyn Bennett meets with him, even though he represents no one legally. He is not a real chief under the Indian Act. And as Kean's question implied, he wrested that honorary title away from women. And it is a matrilineal chief system. That is, it's passed from grandmother to daughter to granddaughter, as you can see, Frank Alec is none of those things. Joining us now from Burns Lake is our friend Kian Bexty. Kian, great reporting. How did you find Frank Alec in our vast north?
1: Uh, It was a lot of waiting and a little bit of luck, but uh, the researchers that we have at Rebel News uh, helped me sort of wheel down his location to the general town. And uh, then I just figured he had to fill up with fuel eventually. Um, even if he doesn't support a pipeline, he's still got to fill up his truck. And I was right. So he eventually came to the gas station, and that's where I was able to ask him a few questions.
0: Now, he didn't answer anything. I think he is not used to being asked any questions other than how wonderful are you. Um, you asked him questions going to his taking of that title, away from the actual hereditary chiefs, and also who's directing him, who's paying him. As we know, um, he has a consulting firm. He hasn't disclosed who his clients are though, has he?
1: No, he has a consulting firm that he's operated for about seven years, uh, and we're not totally sure who is covering his costs we're not sure who's paying him to uh, handle these negotiations with Carolyn Bennett. We don't really understand anything about his motivations out, uh, b- because not only do we not know what this agreement entails, nobody has been told, the Canadian public hasn't been told, even people within the community so far, these clans uh, that I've talked to personally, they haven't been told either. So nobody knows what's going on except for the Trudeau government and this Frank Alec guy who uh, seems to be the least qualified person in the world to be overseeing these negotiations with the government.
0: Yeah, it's really incredible. Now, many years ago, I was a consultant, and you get very clear instructions. What are your goals? What are your achievements? What are your deliverables, as they say? And you get paid to do them. If we don't even know who Frank Alex's client is, let alone what his goals are, we don't know who he's operating for. But we do have one interesting fact that you published the other day, the Tides Foundation, and you mentioned also the Pembina Institute, they pay this fake First Nations office. It's not an actual First Nation Indian band under the Indian Act, it's a a registered corporation. They take money in from Tides and Pembina. I wonder if Frank Alec is actually getting his instructions from the Tides Foundation in San Francisco, from Pembina, from Sephora Berman, and Stand Earth, which are based in the States. I don't think anyone's even asked, and I'm pretty sure Carolyn Bennett and Trudeau haven't even asked, unless they know, and they're fine with it.
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, they the, the organization rakes in tens of thousands of dollars every month uh, from, I believe it's monthly, or maybe it was... Uh, annual financial statements we 're looking at, they rake in a lot of capital from these foreign entities, uh, including forest ethics actually uh, so i wouldn 't be surprised if he 's speaking with support Berman and you 're right we don 't know who who is ordering him uh, where his negotiation um, is coming from where what, what are his asks? what does he want? Is it OPEC? is it any other foreign entity? We have no idea because unlike a regular elected official, he has no accountability whatsoever and I mean, uh, the the people in this community, the people in the the, diff- the five clans of the Wet'suwet'en, I think they expect some sort of accountability. But the problem is, this guy has had this hereditary title for a year—a a really weirdly acquired hereditary title. So um, his his uh, a, a ability to you know, consult with the people of the community is is much less than what the ability of uh, the uh, original. Chief Woos would have been, who's still in Smithers, BC, still living in the community. Uh, She still claims that she's the Chief Woos, and uh, she's regularly consulting with the people of the community through that um, coalition that her and her female peers created. Uh, They were using that coalition so that they could talk about important, uh, contentious issues in the community. But when it comes to this new, uh, newly minted Chief Woos, there's no intention to do that whatsoever. He's just sort of going his own way doing what he wants, uh, and acting like he represents the people of this area.
0: It's extremely strange. Um, It's costly to live in the north. Uh, You know, you talked about filling up with gas. Nothing is close by. Uh, It's expensive to get fresh fruit and vegetables up there. I'm uh, shocked when I look at prices in grocery stores up there. A fellow's got to earn a living, and... The Tides Foundation has sort of gamed that system. They know that for 50 grand here, 100 grand there, occasionally they pay six or seven figures. They can lock up local politicians in a way that would be a huge scandal if they were paying money to MPs. I remember I did a story a while back of the Tides Foundation sending, I think it was 55 grand, to an Alberta Indian chief named Chief Alan Adam. Just fifty-five grand, boom, into uh, a corporation of which he's a director. And that would be resignation material for an MP. We don't even know what the facts are. There's no disclosure for this fake Chief Woos. Yeah. Let me throw one more thing at you because I'm just thinking about this as we talk. The idea of passing down title from mother to daughter to granddaughter may seem unusual, and it is in our democratic system, of course, our queen, you know, that's a hereditary monarchy. She'll pass it to Prince Charles and then to uh, Prince William. Um, but our English system of law, you can leave your property, you can bequeath it to all your children, or there's there's actually a kind of property ownership that you can bequeath to male heirs or female heirs. So it is a thing in other systems, too, besides the wituatane, but... You have to be born into it. That's what puzzles me, and maybe that's something you can do in your investigations up there, Kean, is, I understand how a hereditary chieftain uh, uh, being a hereditary chief could go from mother to daughter to granddaughter. I get that. How does it switch genders and switch families? How can you suddenly say, "Oh, you're the hereditary chief when he didn't inherit it? He's not the son. Uh, or or a grandson of the people he took it from. I don't even get that, and I'm pretty sure Carolyn Bennett doesn't get it either, but at least we have some curiosity, and we want some accountability.
1: Yeah, you're right, Carolyn Bennett doesn't seem to care. She doesn't seem to know what's going on at all. Actually, I'm sure you saw that video of her stumbling after she left that meeting. I don't know how she managed to get completely steamrolled in these negotiations by someone who thinks the Earth is flat, like frank alec does Uh, and i also don't know how frank alec managed to abduct this title that is intended for women away from uh this matrilineal uh line that it it was going down so i'm gonna try and get to the bottom of it and figure it out uh and i'll be up in the area here for 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 a while doing that
0: yeah well listen i'm so glad that you're up there thank you for doing that uh folks who want to chip in to help cover our costs to get keen up there hotel, booting around up there, uh, flights, go to endtheblockades.com, end, E-N-D, theblockades.com. I want to show that quick clip of Carolyn Bennett. I showed it on my program also. I know you've showed it before. If you think that Joe Biden is incoherent and mumbly, well, let me show you someone who makes Joe Biden look positively Churchillian. Here's a clip of Carolyn Bennett. Coming out of a negotiation with Frank Alec, A.K.A. Chief Who's take a look at this.
1: We, I believe, have uh, come uh, to a uh, proposed arrangement uh, that uh, that
0: will uh, also honor the the protocols of the uh,
1: of the Wasotin, um people and clans, and uh, obviously that that what we've worked on this weekend needs to go back to those
0: clans, and then uh, we have, we have uh, agreed that as ministers we will come back to sign um, in, uh, if, if it, it meet, is agreed upon um, by, by the nation. Oh, my God, Kian, we are not going to have our Canadian interests defended by Carolyn Bennett. I'm not even kidding when I say we're relying on you to get the kind of facts and information that we're not getting from the Trudeau government.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm happy to do it. Uh, the, these facts are just waiting here to be found. Uh, there's one other mainstream media journalist that I keep crossing paths with here up in Northern BC from Global, but that's pretty much the only one. Uh, there's no, no interest in the mainstream media to get this story right, so I'm gonna try, uh, try to get that done.
0: Yeah, well, let me leave you with some possible questions. Who is his client? Who is Frank Alex's client? How much is he getting paid? What is his mandate? What are his deliverables? Who is he consulting with? Who is he briefing? You and I as mere Canadian citizens have been kept in the dark about the negotiations. Is he briefing foreigners like Sapora Berman or people at tides, or even people at OPEC? Who is he leaking information to? And finally, what do real Indians in the real bands, the real chiefs and councils who've been marginalized and shut out by Carolyn Bennett, what do they say? I think that's almost a week's worth of work right there, Kian.
1: Yeah, it'll take some time. All
0: right, good luck up there.
1: Thanks. There you go, Kian Bexty in
0: Northern BC, The CBC prefers to do its journalism from its Toronto headquarters. Listen, I live in Toronto myself. But sometimes to get the news, you have to go to it, especially if you're trying to find out who exactly is this Mr. Alec. Stay with us. Your final, your letters to me ahead. Well, what do you think of today's show? I felt pretty good about it. First of all, I feel great that Kean is doing real shoe leather journalism on the ground, waiting, finding. He was a bit of a private detective in a way to find out where that fake chief was. I thought he did a good job. Uh, But what do you think about my main news today? That, yeah, we'll give our internal editorial notes about Trudeau to Trudeau. Over my dead body. What do you think of that funny little top secret cartoon? That's my way of saying I don't bend the knee to government censors. See you in court. I hope we win. I think we will. Even though our political system and our media party are all for censorship, I have to hope that there are still judges in Canada who understand that freedom of the press includes the freedom to criticize Justin Trudeau. Well, that's our show for today. If you want to learn more and get a copy for yourself of that fun little cartoon, go to saverebelnews.com. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom.